Welcome to the Make That Money Honey podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Joe, and each week I will be bringing you a combination of interviews and solo episodes with industry leaders in finance, entrepreneurship, and women in business. As a former certified financial planner turned financial coach and entrepreneur, I will be sharing my knowledge on how to have better conversations about money within your marriage, relationships, and family dynamics. I will also be teaching fundamental financial literacy about all of the topics that you wish you learned in school. This podcast will get you to think outside the box, create more abundance in your life, and improve your money mindset. So make sure to follow and tune in weekly, and it would mean the world to me if you shared these episodes with a friend and left me a five-star review. Welcome back for another episode of the Make That Money Honey podcast. I'm so excited about today's guest, Molly Godfrey, who is the CEO of Successful Love, a viral content creator, and the go-to dating and relationship coach for high-achieving single women in their 30s. Featured on the Today Show, In Style and Bustle, she has been recognized as a trusted love advisor, helping her clients get unstuck and land their dream relationship. She works with ambitious women and CEOs who are tired of frustrating cycles of way too much work and way too little love, and who are ready to open themselves up to real connection and a lasting partnership. She will soon be enrolling in her signature three-month program, Rock Your Next Relationship, a 90-day immersive group coaching experience to help women move from random match to a committed relationship. More info can be found at SuccessfulLove.com forward slash program. Welcome to the show today, Molly. I'm so happy you're here. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so we were connected by one of my other guests on my podcast, April, and she, we were talking, April and I were talking, and she's like, oh, you have to meet Molly. She's an amazing relationship coach, and I was like, how timely when so many people I know in my own network are going through changes to their relationship status, myself included, and what a better opportunity to get somebody who works specifically with career-driven women who, you know, we're sick and tired of (laughs) banging our head against the wall and going on these endless dates because it is so time-consuming to, you know, match on a dating app or chit chat on one of these online dating platforms and, you know, actually get into a serious relationship with somebody that has similar values and, and wants and desires. So thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, no, dating, the dating stakes in your 30s are much different than in your 20s. It's a very unique experience and needs that we have. So yes, those are all things that I hear from prospective women and clients that I work with. Can be tiring. Yeah. So I would love for you to tell me a little bit about your client base and some of the challenges that they come up with. Because before we hit record, we were talking about the difference between dating in your 20s versus dating in your 30s and what we look for in a partner once we have more of that career establishment. We've got, you know, post 30, you have a better understanding of really who you are and what's important to you. Whereas in your 20s, you're still really figuring that out. And a lot of people get married in their 20s and then they realize in their 30s that they're actually on a totally different path than their than their partner. And, you know, that's why we see so much relationship breakdown in our 30s, because we then are like very clear on who we are. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about 
some of the women that you work with, you know, their stories and and maybe some of the challenges that they've come to you for. Yeah, it's, it's, I love my work. It's a ton of fun. And I really attract a very certain type of woman. She, you know, I, I really understand her world well, because this type of woman keeps coming to me. She's very successful, very accomplished. She either runs her own company and is a CEO of her own very successful company, or she manages a large team or is, you know, responsible for a lot at work. So I work with a lot of women in tech, a lot of women in finance, a lot of real estate women, and then CEOs of all sorts of industries. But for the most part, all of these women bring a lot to the table. You know, they've accomplished a lot. There's a lot behind their name and their reputation and they've traveled. They have had really expansive experiences and they're looking for partners who share the same, the same life vision, have are actively building the same high caliber life that they are. And they're either not meeting people at their level or they're, you know, going uh, in a cycle of, you know, going on some dates that kind of went somewhere, but never really turned into anything and then took a break. But I would say to our conversation before we started this, a lot of women were in a serious relationship, ended it, there was some misalignment, and now they're dating on the other side of that. And they're like, wait, what is it that I actually want? I don't want to do that again. So how can I really create something intentionally given the life that I'm building? Yes, I love that. And intentionally, I think is a big one because it can be, I, I know from my own experience and and people that you know I, I have in my network that it can be very easy to fall back into the cycle of dating the same person or same type of person that you've always dated because that's all you know. And you don't, for example, if you've never dated an ambitious career driven individual, you've always dated the person that's sort of just happy with status quo, then it can be very intimidating to then date somebody who is a high achieving, very intelligent, very driven person, because you almost don't know how you fit into that person's life. So, you know, there are very different dynamics that come about when you're in your thirties and you have that more clarity around what's important to you from a values perspective, what's important to you from a career perspective, a family perspective, if you want children or not. I think that's a big question that a lot of people have is there's just a lot of people out there now that don't want to have kids, right? And that's, it doesn't sometimes come up or it doesn't present itself until later in the relationship. Totally, totally. There's a lot of, you know, I, a lot of women say like, I could go either way. You know, I, I could have kids or I couldn't, but I would say the biggest thing to your point is that career and work is really important and these women own it. And they're like, I want to keep climbing the ladder. I want to keep achieving. I want to keep building this life. And it's the only way a relationship is going to work is if my partner either is that same way or can be on board with my work really being a huge priority. So yeah, I see that a lot too. Yeah. So on that note, how are how do you work with women who are career ambitious and are either business owners or, you know, in the management and above sort of career paths, how do you work with them to find that partner that is on that same level, especially if they're not on the dating apps and that kind of thing? Yeah. Well, even before approaching dating, it really starts within. So I, I think so much of the messaging is, you know, you're either a mom and leave your career or you 
are a career woman and are the cool aunt and, you know, never have a relationship. So there's these two like dichotomies that we're sold into and very little are we told like we can have an amazing career and a really supportive partner and like a really expansive partner that like very elusive power couple that we sometimes see, but it's not the norm. I would say that's the exception versus the norm. So it really starts with like leaving a, it's possible you can create that, but like really tuning into that desire. And because of a past breakup or the repeated crappy experiences they've had in dating, the belief and the possibility that that could happen is, you know, threadbare. So it's really like reconnecting to that vision, giving themselves permission that like, you can have it all. I see it. The men that my clients meet, you know, get on planes, fly to meet them, take them places. They end up in these really amazing dream relationships but it really comes from like owning that desire and, and putting, putting all that conditioning that we're told that you either are a single career woman or you settle and end up in a crappy relationship or you give up everything and you're a mom and you'll move to the suburbs. So there's, there's, there's gotta be some reworking before even dating comes into the picture. Mm, yeah. I love that. I love that. So when you talk about reworking, it's, is it around the mindset and sort of the belief system and, and really understanding even what you're looking for? Because I bet you a lot of people are not even clear what they're looking for. Totally. Totally. Yes. A little bit of both. And if you've had an adverse experience, your, your vision can get blocked. It's really hard to imagine something loving and fulfilling and supportive. If you had a really nasty breakup or even just a breakup that really left you confused and, um, like you lost your sense of self. So it's really reconnecting and reestablishing a relationship to their desire. And then, yeah, like, you know, how, how are, what are the beliefs that they have about men, the men that you do meet, you know, do you believe that, you know, they, they could step up and they could up level and they could, you know, handle and have enough skills. So there's a lot of nuance that goes on, but I would say, yes, the belief in the vision, but also there's a lot with men mindset that I work with women on too. Okay. So could you elaborate a little bit more on that last piece? Yeah. So love men. I have had such a journey in my relationships with men. (laughs) Um, But I grew up in the era, you know, my mom was a very career-driven woman. She's a very successful entrepreneur in finance. And had I not started my own dating coaching business, I would have worked for her. And I grew up with the mentality that, you know, you don't need a man, make all the money, don't depend on a man. And so that was the wiring I got my whole life. And my sister was the oddball. My sister got married early and my mom was like, no, 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 don't do that. Like, you know, be the career woman. So I just saw men my whole life is like, I don't need you. I don't want to depend on you. I don't want to open my heart to you. I don't want to receive from you. And I saw them as less than like, I was more powerful. I need to prove myself. And it's not a unique belief. A lot of women come mm-hmm. to me feeling that same way. Like there's some weakness if we, you know, receive from a man or we allow a man to provide for us and uh, take care of us. And so I, I really had to do a lot of work of like, oh, what would it be like if he took something off my plate and handled something for me? And I trusted yes, him. I love that. And my heart was just really closed most of my 20s. My most significant relationship was at the very end of my 20s and that ended unexpectedly and with a lot of heartbreak and you know the relationship I'm in now is much healthier and very loving and really amazing partner but there was for most of my 20s a belief that you know I don't need a man I don't want a man like you like prove it like prove yourself to me and it did not make dating 
easy whatsoever. Yeah. And uh, I can so resonate with that because my mom is the real powerhouse in our family. So it was kind of the same mentality. It's like, go and get your education, go and get an established career, be independent. You don't need to focus on dating right now, like build yourself up first type of mentality. And not every, not every woman goes through that kind of a, an, an upbringing, obviously, but there definitely is more of a movement now for women to be independent, for women to be career focused and not have to rely on a man. And I think even the word rely is, is misleading because it's not necessarily about relying on them. It's about having them have your back or being there for you when you need a support system. And, and it's almost this, this mentality of like every person for themselves that everybody should be, you know, in, so individualistic that we don't need a partner. Well, nobody needs a partner, but it's sure nice having one when you have somebody to talk about ideas with or business building or collaboration on things or getting feedback. You know, there's, it's sure we can journal and we can have our therapists and stuff, but it is also nice to have that person that you come home to at the end of the day, or that you get to share your life experiences with and travel and all the rest. Right. Totally. Yeah. You're spot on. And the, I really think the whole girl boss hyper independence era really disconnected us from the part of us that, you know, is so allowed to want partnership and like, so allowed to like let someone in and, you know, provide for us in a way that's still empowering. That doesn't take away our power. So yeah, there's a lot in there. There's a lot in there to unpack. So on that note, I would love to, just because we were talking about the girl boss thing, because I agree, like, I think there's, there's some degree where it's like, Hey, that's really cool that you run your own business or that you are, you know, a certain level of success. But I think it's almost a movement that has gone a little too extreme in some cases where it's like these women are almost pressured into going into more masculine roles, more masculine energy and, and abandoning our femininity in order to sort of be both be mom and dad. Right. And in some cases. So I would love your, your two cents on like gender roles in relationships and masculine and feminine energy. Totally. Totally. I mean, we could talk for hours on this, but I'll, I'll share my own personal story because I think it illustrates this. So I worked corporate finance, financial technology, did really well, really quickly out of college, was given a lot of responsibility, you know, had a beautiful car, had my own apartment in Los Angeles and was very masculine. I mean, I worked, I went in at like sometimes four or 5 a.m. because it was on the West Coast and the markets open. So I was there all day long and just worked and worked and worked and worked, kept climbing the ladder and just felt like deeply like lonely and disconnected and I could never figure out why dates weren't going well. And when I finally made it into this work of feminine embodiment, sensuality, pleasure, desire, it's like, oh, there's the whole other side of me that I have never even given attention to. And I learned that, you know, we, 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 each gender, it's not about man, woman, but each gender has both masculine and feminine energies. And if you're constantly just living in one, the masculine is very overt, doing productive, direct, action oriented. It's great. We, we need that part of us, but there's also a feminine energy that's cyclical, creative, um, being masculine is very doing feminine is very being feeling very, um, 
you know, flowing. And, and if we neglect that part of us, we're, we're literally going to feel not whole. We're going to feel incomplete because we, we're not integrating the two. And so my feminine was so dormant. Like I truly did not have a relationship with it. Growing up under the conditioning that I did, going to business school, getting this job, it just like that feminine side was never nurtured. So when I started to do this work and bring it back online, I started to feel more like myself. I started to turn on. I quite literally just felt more fulfilled. Nothing had really changed. I was doing this training. That's what I see with my clients. I just see them turn back on and become these like full expressed, like lit up women. And they start doing all the things they've always wanted to do. And then they go out to eat and they're like, Molly, this man asked for my number. And I'm like, I know that's how it works. Like there's not you know, yes, dating apps work, but really if you align your energies and you make yourself more approachable and create this desire and this vision, I see partners come into my clients' lives with a lot of ease because when we're aligned, things can flow. But that's high level what I can say about masculine feminine energy. Yeah. I love what you're saying about that. And it's almost like when you start tapping into who you are again, then the people around you feel that. And that's when these people are approaching you and giving your, giving you their number instead of having like a resting bitch face at the bar because you're so uptight about work or overwhelmed with your own life that you're not tapping into those soothing, healing practices of slowing down and being gentle with our bodies and all of that. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure people feel it, you know, when they're around you, when you're, when you're showing up differently. Yeah. So I like to say like, you know, you don't have to burn your life down. You actually just have to redirect some of this power that's leaking out and misdirected, you know, bring it back into yourself, rebalance your energy, take a new approach, understand how you're connecting with men. And it's pretty cool. I have a framework that works. Women go through it and they, they stay in touch. I love hearing from them. Like at least once a month, I get an email from another woman being like, I met so-and-so. You're never going to believe it. (laughs) I love that. I love that. So tapping into women, high achieving women in their thirties or even forties, what are some of the major, like if you could give us like three of the major challenges that they face and, and sort of some Cole's notes on, on how to address those challenges, that would be amazing. Yeah. I would say, I would say one of the big challenges they face, which we've, we've hit on, but I'll you know, re-mention is all the messaging they're getting, you know, the clock is ticking, families want grandkids, you know, oh, you know, trying to get set up with all these people. Like there's a lot of messaging that they're getting from the world and, and, you know, quite literally their bodies are changing, you know, at, I think it's 30, when we hit 30, we get a signal that our eggs, that our body's producing less eggs. So it actually is biology. We're not crazy when we say like, oh, the clock is ticking. Our, our, our body is signaling to us like, hey, if, if you are going to reproduce, this is what's happening. So there's all these messaging. Our body's changing. If we don't have the awareness, we don't really know what's going on. So it can be just a lot to be with. And I would say that's a big challenge I work with women on. It's like, okay, your parents want this. You're seeing your friends in this type of relationship. This is what you've experienced. Like, what do you want? And like finding their own voice and intuition inside of that. That's like one of the big challenges I see. Another big challenge is they do work a lot. Like these women have tons of responsibility. They're in t- they're, you know, in charge of entire law firms. They are CEOs of concierge event companies and they're traveling 24-7. Or they, 
you know, are getting deployed and work in different countries all the time. So they just have very unique demands and they have to figure out like, what is a dating approach that they could consistently show up for? So that's another challenge I see. And it's not impossible, but it's like, okay, what's, what's realistic? What would feel good? So there's a lot of boundary negotiation that goes on there. And then I would say the last challenge is there's usually a past breakup, past breakup. There's beliefs about men. There's some sort of baggage that hasn't been fully processed or worked through that's preventing them from really dating empoweredly into the future. Yeah. I like what you said there about, yeah. So point number one was the programming, what we're getting about, you know, our clock is ticking or that we have to choose one or the other career or family, like all these different messages and, and, um, and then yeah, physical time, right. If, if people are traveling, I know a lot of men travel around a lot, uh, women also, but not quite as much, I think. And, how do you navigate that? Like if you're constantly four or five days in a city and then you're away again and you know, like you're constantly traveling, I can see that how that would have a big impact on, on relationships. And ultimately I guess it comes down to setting boundaries, healthy boundaries around like expectations and being clear about your schedule and your time and, and all of that. Yeah, I'll add one more too, is um, I see this a lot with my my high achieving clients is, you know, they bring a lot to the table, they have a lot to offer, and it can be comfortable to sometimes date people that I would say resentfully date people that are on a lower level, because it's safer, you know, you're up here and they're down there, you know, you know, they might not necessarily hurt you, but you're not going to feel fulfilled and you're not going to really feel you know, matched or really seen. So sometimes, actually a lot of times I see women date, you know, outside their range and they're like, you know, he's, he's nice, but he, you know, he can't quite handle me. I don't really feel seen with him. And I, yeah, I've definitely felt that in my own dating life. Yeah. So I, you know, it's like dating a yellow belt when you're a black belt, like they can't, they're not the same skill level. So I see a lot of that happen as well. So that's a really good point because I think that especially for high achieving women, this is something that has come up specifically for me personally. Um, and I would love for you to touch on how to sort of break that cycle of dating below your weight class or dating below your belt class um, a- as a means of being comfortable rather than sort of holding your standards and and saying, no, like this is what I'm looking for, even if it's going to be challenging. Yeah, it's a great question. I'll do my best to, to answer in the context of this, but, but a lot of it is mindset. So a lot of it is that protection, like, you know, af- afraid of rejection or afraid, like if I dated someone that was really at my level and like really saw me and held me accountable and called me out, like, what would that mean? So sometimes there's a mindset and a fear that can come along with like, oh, it's like, you know, um, you know, like signing up for the harder class. Like if you date a really awake, conscious man, he's not going to, take your bullshit. He's not going to treat you, you know, he's, he's going to take you seriously and hold you to a high standard. So men and women do this, but I I see it a lot with the clients that I date. It can just be safer. So you gotta, so there's, there's some nervous system work of like, oh, it, it can be safe to be in, you know, an expansive partnership. It can be safe to be seen. It can be safe to be told the truth to. So a lot of that's nervous system work. I would say also not, not settling. There's so many women that I need that are still entertaining, you know, like kind of BS dates that they know aren't getting anywhere. So boundaries with that and cutting that off and and dating and 
holding the trust and the faith and not dating from scarcity of like, I have to accept this date, even though I know it's not what I want. So there's also some belief that happens there, but then it's also just owning. It's like, you're a goddamn black belt, like own that, you know, like hold that belief, don't settle. And it also might mean that you do take a different approach to dating. Maybe you're not going to meet your partner at a bar. Maybe you're going to meet your partner through strategic networking or, you know, high level communities. You know, one of my famous case studies is my client to run a country club. She met her partner at a country club like that. She was a CEO of a large healthcare company. So there's a lot that can go into it, but those are a few ways to approach that. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, what you said there about not going for the traditional ways of meeting people where it's like going to bars or online dating, it's like maybe you're physically putting yourself in a different room, right? Whether it's whether it's going to a Tony Robbins event or, you know, some sort of like not everybody can join a country club, obviously, or wants to, but maybe it's about physically putting yourself in different environments where you're meeting a higher caliber person that is interested in the same things, whether it's personal development, whether it's career, whether it's technology, who, who knows, right? But sort of surrounding yourself and thinking outside the box of how am I going to get in front of different people? Yep. That's it. Exactly. Amazing. So when it comes to the work that you do with landing, uh, women landing their dream relationship, what are some of the things that, or tactics that you use apart from what we just touched on, obviously that helps them sort of realize what they need to be doing in terms of getting in front of the right person? Yeah. So I have a three month process. The first is really about self, like really reconnecting to their themselves, their desire, their sense of self, that inner vulnerability. The next is exploring partnership. Like who do they want to be in partnership? What does partnership look like for them? And then the last piece is confidence. Like, am I confident in my desires? Am I confident inside of this partnership? Am I confident in my relationships with men? And then all of that together leads to that inner piece of the meaningful relationship. But I do a lot. It's both ontological coaching, but also I do somatic EFT, psychosomatic tools. So for women to connect to their body, release subconscious, you know, nervous system blocks, which is really transformative and it can be really quick and really gentle, which is the reason I love it. Um, I have a relationship detox inventory process that I take women through to really sit with and look at, okay, these are the patterns. Cause, cause you're right. As we talked about earlier, sometimes when we've been through a past adverse experience, we lack the confidence to create something new. So really looking at old patterns with understanding and forgiveness and like, okay, where did this come from? And this is how I'd like to show up instead. So it really gives women a confidence to show up in a new and different relationship and be able to create that as well as communication needs, wants, values. So it's packaged in a, I, my, my signature offer is a four month one-on-one coaching package that I also do in a group setting. Um, but that's the general framework of, of how I work with women. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you talk about that at, at the beginning, it's really about sense of self and understanding yourself and, uh, working through insecurities, I'm sure. And why you're dating below your weight class, you know, and, and things like that, because it's so easy to just settle or to just think, well, this is good enough because I can't be bothered to do the work to find the better person or to be open to it or cutting, you know, cutting off those BS dates, as you said, at the knees before it's 
three, four months down the road with the person and you're like, I know this isn't going anywhere, but I'm lonely and this is good enough for now. Like that's such a common thing. I see that with my girlfriends. I see that in, you know, my friend circle and stuff that people just get lazy about dating. Totally. And so much of dating is just like our human instinct. You know, we're driven by fear, scarcity, competition, and dating requires us to really be in a space of connection, intimacy, and choice. And so we have two really competing how our instincts are have wired us and, and what it actually requires to make a meaningful connection. So I, I so get the struggle. I, I really understand why it's it would be really easy to stay stuck and, and tools to help shift out of that are so important. Yeah. So on that note, when you when you said on, for example, like our intuition and and our, you know, programming and stuff like that. How do you how do you manage with women that are struggling with that internal clock syndrome? You know, like where we want to be open to dating and we want to be holding ourselves single and setting our standards high, but the reality of being in your 30s or mid 30s is that we have a biological clock and if we want to be open to this idea of having children one day, there's a part of us that's like, okay, we want to do slow dating. But we also want to do fast dating because we know that we don't have all the time in the world to waste with somebody that is not on the same level. So how do you help women manage that? Because I could see that being a very, very common um, issue that, you know, people in their 30s have. Totally, totally. So I'll say two things. I will say probably one of the best things that happened for women is IVF and egg freezing. You know, it's allowed women to like, okay, I can do this procedure and have this peace of mind for the next X number of years. That's really, I would say, it's funny. I would say, uh, I don't know. I mean, almost a hundred percent, maybe not quite that high. Almost every woman I talk to has either looked at the process or gone through the process of egg freezing. And that's like a trend I've seen in the last, I don't know, year, year and a half. So I think that's been in our benefit, but here's what I'll also say. I have a client. I, I just had a LinkedIn post about her last week. She hired me end of 2020 was in like a relationship that wasn't meeting her needs. You know, I held space for it. She ended it. She was so clear on what she wanted on the other side of that, like crystal clear. Did the work in coaching. She did both my one-on-one and a group program crystal clear, connected to her desire, was sharing with the people in her life, I'm going through coaching, I'm really committed to this process. Four months later, a friend of hers set her up with her coworker. They were uh, pharmacists. Got set up, so now we're in 2021. We're so clear, on what, so clear on what she wanted. She met this man who was so clear on what they wanted. Fast forward a year later, he proposed to her at the Boston Marathon. So when you're that clear and that intentional and are no bullshit and really trust, it can, I can see, I've seen it now. I've seen two cycles of this. I've had three clients get engaged this year. It can happen really quickly. If you've got the tools, if you've got the belief, if you've got the confidence and the clarity and the skills to be like, this is what I want, take it or leave it, you know, and I've seen it work. So I would say it can move really quickly when you're clear and intentional. And then there's also the tool that's in our favor, which is you can freeze your eggs if you do want to have a little bit of a more intentional, uh, a slower, more drawn out process too. Yeah. Yeah. That's the freezing egg thing is something that I've 
heard a lot of women talking about recently. Uh, I know a doctor who's in my social network and she really swears by it. And it just gives you that option of, Hey, you know, we can put the brakes on with our life and focus on career, focus on self, focus on finding that healthy relationship rather than just jumping into one and, and, you know, going with the next best thing because you couldn't find the best thing. Right. Um, so that's, yeah, that's definitely a process. I, I forget about that for some reason, um, but that a lot of people are doing that. So that's interesting that you say so many women have at least started inquiring about it. I didn't realize it was that high of a percentage. Yeah. It's the point where like, maybe I should be on fertility podcasts. Cause it's, it's yeah, totally. <laughs> of the, of the last, I don't know, five or six clients, I actually think a hundred percent of them either have already done it or about to go through the process or had a consultation and considered it. And I was like, wow, the, their marketing must be, I mean, it's a great tool and like they're doing great. That is a great industry. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I, I can, I can see it. So when it comes to uh, f- focusing on like you, you obviously take your clients through this journey and what happens after they find a partner? Do they continue to see you or do you just work with somebody at the beginning when they're trying to, you know, re reconnect with themselves or how, what happens next? Yeah, that's a great question. So I really focus on single women. You know, I could support, I have plenty of experience in relationship. My ex and I actually used to do couples coaching, but I really focus on single women, but it's fun. There's actually a whole community of women that have finished my work and they actually help support my uh, ongoing program. So they'll come and be pod leaders and mentor. I often refer them to coach colleagues of mine that do couples work. Um, so they, for the most part, stay in, stay in my sphere and stay in my community and stay in my life and keep me posted. They, they send me pictures when they're engaged and a lot of them yeah. I haven't. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> but I'll send them off to a colleague that does couples coaching or they'll stay involved by mentoring my new, new clients. So how do you, how do you say, like, what is the condition that most women are, are in when they start coming to originally? Like, uh, you know, are they sort of banging their heads against the wall? Like, I can't do this anymore. I'm so stressed out. Or, or is it more proactive? Like when, what does your typical client look like when they first enter your, your sphere? It's a great question. I would say, yeah, thinking of the recent clients, a lot of times they'll have just gotten back from a wedding and be like, I can't, like, why am I still single? So they'll often be like an impetus or an event. A lot of times it will have been a recent breakup and they're like, wow, how did I stay in that for that long? But I would say probably 70% of my work is referral based. So a client of mine gets in an amazing relationship, shares about it with her girlfriend and they're like, oh my gosh, like, I got to talk to this woman. So most of my business is referrals, which I'm super grateful for. But yes, there's usually some sort of climatic climatic event that has them wake up a little and realize, okay, need to do something different if I want a different result. Yeah. And that's the definition of insanity, right? Wanting a different result, but continuing to do the same thing over and over again. And I know that it can be very discouraging. I think also now with the use of social media and dating apps and everything is so instant gratification that it becomes very easy for people to have very surface level relationships, but not go into that deeper, more meaningful love and, and really, 
you know, compromising and sacrificing for their partner because it can be so easy for people to just flip a switch and all of a sudden be dating somebody new within a matter of days rather than sticking at sticking it out and being like, okay, let's explore this a little more. Let's get to know each other a little deeper. It, it's, I think social media has had a really big impact on the dating world because we have this idea of like, what relationships should be based on what we see, but it's so far from the truth. Like there's so much work that needs to happen in our relationships that it's not just a matter of saying, Oh, I'm going to find this perfect person one day. I'll just keep trying until I do, you know, that's a big thing that, that I, I've, I've personally seen a lot of and yeah, we just love your insight on that. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's really something. It's really something. I would say to to work with that is, you know, we can we can only expect or we can only meet someone with the depth at which we've met ourselves. So if we haven't gone inward and we haven't explored, you know, our shadows and like the darker parts of ourselves and the parts of us that, you know, have been hidden and we haven't given attention, if we haven't internally looked for depth, we are only going to have surface level connections. It's when we really become a person that's, you know, self-aware that we would start to attract that. But also what I say to clients is just to speak to your point, you're not going to find the perfect person. Like that perfect person doesn't exist. So, you know, do you have at least some alignment and shared values and shared vision? But if you both have the willingness, like the number one key for men, like men are amazing. They're so like when you learn how to communicate and relate to them, they're actually quite predictable. If your man has some willingness you can teach him and you can train him and you can show him how to be with you. He doesn't have to be perfect. He's just got to be willing. And you've also got to be willing. So willingness is probably the most important skill to have when it comes to relationships. But also if you're looking for something of depth, like have you done that work in yourself to call that in and be able to be with someone who is really emotional available? Mm, Yeah. Willingness. Yeah. That's a really good point because I think there's often one person who will, be a lot more willing to do the work than the other. And then the other person might have that grass is always greener mentality or conflict avoidance personality, or, you know, just wants to run as soon as things get tough. And that can be something that is very challenging to be faced with over and over again. You know, it's, it's sort of like, that that avoidant personality or or when they as soon as things get tough it's like okay just pull the pull the shoot and go you know go off into the into the forest but it's like i think one of the things that is so important that you've mentioned is just that like understanding of self and the self awareness of if that is the case where your partner is not willing to do the work having enough self-awareness in you that you can walk away from it. If it's not, if it's like, you're constantly trying to lead the horse to water, but they, but they're not going to drink. Totally. Totally. And, you know, setting a boundary, like this is what I need and expect from you. And if, if, you know, that, that was how my last relationship ended. We were going through a really tough spot and I was like, I'm really clear we need to do the work. I'm committed to doing it. And this is only going to work if you are on board too. He just wasn't, and that's okay. That's where he was. But like, there there are kind ways to hold people accountable to to your needs and what you need. But you're totally right. It's uh, 
that's what partnership is like being willing to mutually grow and expand together is it's important to find yeah and knowing that no such thing as perfection <laughs> that it's like the willingness to grow because you know that there's no perfect person out there but this person is pretty damn good and they're worth fighting for right it's it's that it's that mentality as well so you've mentioned a couple times that you have a signature program could you give us a little insight on to if there are women listening to this and they're like, yes, I need to do this work, where can they find you and what are your what are the ways that they can work with you? Yeah. So my website is successfullove.com. I teach a weekly workshop. So definitely recommend everyone to come to that. It's called How to Find Your Partner in Crime. And I love teaching it because I literally teach my framework. I will teach my coaching framework. You get to go through it yourself. You'll evaluate where you're at. You can walk away from the workshop being like, wow, there were a lot of areas that were red or were green. So I teach that every week, uh, one week's during the day, one week's in the evening. And then twice a year, I run a signature. My Rock Your Next Relationship is my signature program, which is all the frameworks that I also do with one-on-one clients. So that is starting in February, and then I'll do it again before the summer. And then in the fall, I take one-on-one clients. So It's a lot of fun. It's for women that want to meet other single women who want to know that they're not alone, walk away with a few friends, also get mentored by women who have already done this work, who are already in amazing relationships and love it so much that they've come back to support. It's a mix of self-study and live coaching. And the results are great. Like this will be the the sixth time I've run it. And when I think back to the earliest graduates, they live with partners, they're engaged, they've got boyfriends they're traveling with. Like, it's really cool to look back at the alumni women who have done this work. It's amazing. Really transformative program. Yeah. And I think that like February is such a good time too, because it's like the Christmas holidays are done. You've had a little bit of January to get yourself back on track. Then you can jump into a coaching program February and be hitting the ground running by, by the summer. Right. So what a fantastic program. So we will link all of that information in the show notes as well. So it's successfullove.com forward slash program. And sorry, you said that group coaching, how long does that last for? And it starts in February? Yeah. So I'll be enrolling actually now there's a few women in, so I'll be enrolling through the rest of the year. I'll be enrolling in January after the new year. And then we start, we kick off February 6th and that will go February, March, end of April. So three months. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This is definitely a topic that I know a lot of people in my network will be listening to. Um, And if you want to reach out to Molly, you can check her out on her website. Uh, Where can they find you on social media if they want to connect? Yeah. So my Instagram is askformolly. LinkedIn is where I'm, as you met my um, LinkedIn community partner, Shelly, earlier, but LinkedIn is where I'm super active. So I spend at least an hour or two on there every day. So you can just LinkedIn search me Molly Godfrey and my branding is pink on there. So you'll see that. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been so insightful and I really look forward to this, this, um, this show getting out there to a bunch of my close friends and, and people in my network. And yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Thanks, Andrea. Loved having, loved being here. Thanks for listening. And if you love this episode, please share it to your Instagram story and tag me at sandra.m.joe. I would be forever grateful if you left me a five-star review and sent it to a friend so that I can reach as many people as possible. For more information on my financial coaching and how we can work together, check out my website at sandrajoe.com. And until next time, have a great day and go make that money, honey. 